You want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme. Well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes. And please be drunk when you hear it. It's a drunk podcast. I can rim like a motherfucker. You already saw my Sullivan in San Diego. He got a golden shower. Bundy just fucking cream pied Albano. I've been drunk. I've never been cum drunk. Woo! What's up, Drunk Marks Drunk Marquettes? Welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. I'm Adam. I'm your designated host. They are the Drunk Wrestling Historians. This is Eddie. Let us drink till thine asses are drunk. And this is Scott. Win if you can, lose if you must, but always drink. <laughs> That's well, a good one. That's oh, thank you. You, you. you forgot you forgot your season three one, but you recovered nicely with that. Yes, that'll be my uh, my tagline moving forward. <laughs> Don't forget until, this one until uh, next week uh, when you uh, change it again. No, <laughs> I'll get hammered and forget it. <laughs> it happens. Welcome everyone to our episode. We have a pay-per-view to go over with you, so it's definitely going to be fun uh, with a nice uh, beverage in hand. Before we jump into it, what do you guys have uh, for that beverage in hand? I'm doing a little bit of like the variety pack today. I had a uh, White Dragon's Milk that Scott brought over the other night. Right now I'm drinking a uh, Dark and Stormy, which is ginger beer and uh, rum, and I have a shock top on deck for when that runs out. Well, I hope you're enjoying the White Dragon's Milk. I squoze it myself. Um, I'm honestly not sure what in the hell I'm drinking, Adam. It's Coke, Coca-Cola. Let's be clear. This is a drunk wrestling history okay. podcast. Not a coked up wrestling history podcast. It's a little bit of Coke mixed with something called Celtic Crossing, which Eddie and I had a discussion previous to, to recording here. We think it's whiskey. It's definitely, gonna, it's, it's definitely Irish whiskey. It's gold. I mean, it could be an Irishman's piss for all I know, but uh, so far so good. It seems to be doing the trick. I thought Irish piss was green. <laughs> Only on St. Patrick's Day, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I was just thinking like a Celtic crossing, that would just be a drink while uh, being tossed on your back by Seamus, but ah, whatever. I wish. Uh, so I do understand that this is a non-coked up podcast. Oh, you glitched. But I have uh, Coca-Cola. <laughs> Adam's doing Coke. I'm doing Coke. <laughs> Jesus. I'm doing zero sugar Coke because that's what was given to me. <laughs> All right. And, um, and water in the meantime. Eddie's got some notes first. Yeah, before we get going, a couple quick notes. Um, one is um, I just want to say we have uh, – I kind of didn't keep track of the countries this time um, as far as new ones, but I just want to say thanks to our listeners in the UK, Canada, Puerto Rico, Brazil, Germany, Italy, Mexico, Ireland, Panama, Ukraine, and that one dude in India. <laughs> dude, our podcast has gotten so big that now you're big timing the world. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> you're like, I don't pay attention to new countries, whatever. We're in our third season. Fuck you ain't guys. No, ain't no one got time for that. Right. <laughs> Puerto Rico came on strong. That's our third biggest uh, territory besides the United States, obviously. Excellent. Um, which, yeah, that kind of came from out of nowhere. Um, another couple quick quick ones. Um, we got a great review on iTunes from a dude. His name is, um, his iTunes name is Active Ted, underscore Ted. His um, 
Twitter handle I figured out is at Medica underscore Ted, like M-E-D-I-C-A underscore Ted. And he put laugh a lot. Until this podcast, I had never really listened to any because I assumed they were all true crime or Joe Rogan. This one is hilarious. And as someone who loved wrestling from back in the day, it's perfect to go back and re-examine some of these stories and matches. Also, the hosts are pretty funny and mark out on all the same stuff I did back in the day. Keep it up, gents. So I want to say thanks to him. Thanks, dude. And and the other one is I want to say thanks to uh, my new friend, Matt, at Jake's Tavern in Portland, Maine. We hung out there while we were on vacation, and it was one of the most fun times I've ever had in a bar. I walked by, and I saw Bob Orton in the ring through the on the TV through the window, and I was like, we got to stop in here. And um, hung out all night, had a great time, watched old school wrestling all night, and we watched um, Dynamite on another TV. So um, give him a follow on Twitter. He is um, Captain Matt America is his name. And it's um, at X, XHawk81, at XHawk81. And I also want to say hi to Ron, who I sat next to all night at the bar, talking about old school wrestling. Right on. So Welcome aboard, if, guys. Yeah, if anyone Welcome. ever happens to be, if any of you guys ever happen to be in Portland, Maine, which is actually a really cool town, stop by Jake's Tavern. And that's all, awesome. I, got, that's all I got to say about that. All right. Welcome, uh, everyone, whether this is your first time or... However many times you've been listening to the or your or your last time, (laughs) gentlemen, it's been a great run. (laughs) (laughs) The hype train has died down finally. (laughs) Also, just all right, kind of pulling back the curtain a bit. So we already recorded our first uh, episode of the season, and then the Ryback roast aired. Just thank you to everyone for all the positive stuff about that. That was a huge project over the summer, and. Thank you for receiving it uh, with uh, such uh, great reviews and uh, uh, things to say about it. Really yeah, do you know appreciate what? It. I'm glad you mentioned that, Adam, because I forgot mm-hmm. to. I didn't have it written down in my notes, but I had planned to. Um, yeah, we actually we came up with that back in like June, and we spent a uh, fuck I don't know four months writing material for it. Um, and I think I put about 18 hours of editing into that. So we, we really actually worked hard on that one. And um, yeah, it was really great to get all the f- uh, positive feedback from you guys. Um, we're definitely going to have to do another roast. So if you guys have any ideas who for who you want roasted. Uh, who the fuck deserves it? Yeah, yeah, let us know. <laughs> Step up, cowards. <laughs> <laughs> and before we move on, I wanted to throw out a special thank you to Ryan Belial, who sent out a care package to the Drunk Wrestling History crew, in addition to Jeff over on Fully Posable. Yeah, uh, yeah. He sent over some goodies for us. He got me a Road Warriors DVD. He got Eddie a Brutus the Barber Beefcake nail shear package. Jeff got a little Bill's helmet. Adam got a goodie. I'm not going to tell him what it is. It's kind of a surprise. But big thanks to Ryan for sending over some goodies. Uh, He sent over a really nice note with it. Very encouraging. And that's kind of the fuel that keeps the engine going. So big thanks to Ryan Belisle. Thanks, dude. Thank you very much, man. Yeah, thanks. Let's do this. Today's episode... I hope uh, hope you're in a laughing mood. It's a WCW pay-per-view. <laughs> this goes back to the year of our Lord, 1998, at the Garden Arena at MGM Grand in America's Playground, Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Season 10, Episode 1 on Pacock for WCW Halloween Havoc, presented by Snickers. So we talked recently on some episode about doing this. I forget which one it was. And in true drunk wrestling history fashion, we um, are recording this a couple weeks after Halloween. 
<laughs> yes, it, or as Adam refers to it, Swalloween <clears throat> Havoc. <laughs> right, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so you'll be hearing this in December instead of October. Um, and so to get just, we'll just get right into it. Um, it starts with a video package. It, have either of you ever seen a video package this bad? <laughs> well, it was fucking awful. Uh, we did watch some early 90s WCW pay per views that were pretty horrible. Statistically, yes, but for 1998 quality, this was bad. It was just every shot was blurry. There's no audio, there's just music. And it's setting up the background of the show. I learned nothing. I had no idea what was going on on the show from this video package. And I understand that you should have watched Nitro that week and blah, blah, blah. But that's what the video package is for, is to preview what you're going to see, you know? And it's completely failed at its task. And I would suggest that it was the kids who did the set from Halloween Havoc 91 who did it. <laughs> but this is seven years later. Those kids would actually be grown by now. So they must have found a new generation of nine-year-olds to make a video package, I guess. <laughs> well, you know what's no. funny is if you watched Nash's appearance on the Stone Cold podcast, he briefly talked about how the people in WCW when WrestleMania 14 happened they really noticed those video package that WWE played in front of every match. Okay. And so maybe they were still trying to acclimate their pay-per-views to get these video package packages incorporated in there. I don't know. And this was kind of like one of the first stabs at that. Like, hey, WWE's doing this. It looks really good. Let's try our own hand at it. But it sucked. I don't right. know. Maybe that was something with this. But yeah, it wasn't very good. Like they hired someone to do it who had never done anything like this and had no yeah, idea maybe, how to do yeah. it. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, they're yeah. like, guys, just put this together. We'll see what happens. Call the third grade class. Yeah. <laughs> this is beyond what the preschoolers can do. Get the third graders involved. Yeah. Um, technology evolved, but uh, the same project is for that class, just like how we did <laughs> mission projects at school. Right. <laughs> um the original third graders must have done the stage, though, because the stage was actually pretty cool. Um, it had big pumpkins and, like, some demon thing, and it had fog and lights. It was like, like a blow-up demon, dude. Well, it was of like course a blow the third demon. graders picked that out. Well, I mean, they're not, they didn't I mean, they didn't have access to a real demon. There was probably a bouncy house inside. <laughs> big blow-up demon, big bouncy house inside. That would be awesome. Mangs inside the bouncy house. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why it was moving the whole damn time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also, the smoke coming out of the demon's nose, it looked, I mean, just because of texture, it always, it always looked like snot. So <laughs> so they quickly start previewing um, the Hogan Warrior match. And I guess the week before, Hogan had nearly killed his nephew, whose d dad is dead. Like, Hogan yes. has a dead brother. I never even, I was. is that true or is that an angle? Uh, I, I went on his Wikipedia. It looks like it is true. Like, they are blood, so they, there is relation there. And and his dad, Hogan's brother, was actually dead? I believe so, yes. Okay, so the, okay, so they... I was more concerned with the relation between them. Like, was this, like, a legit, like, a nephew relationship? Or is this, like, Big Show was Andre the Giant's son? Like, right. what are, we, are we getting scammed here? But no, it, there is blood there, so... Okay, so this that is was the real legit. deal. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I wasn't sure. And then uh, Heenan hates him, which I love because Hogan's now the top heel and Heenan still hates him. Still. Like, like, maintaining his stance from the 80s in right. 1998. It was fantastic. Yeah, Hogan, Heenan spent 40 years only ever being a heel. Right. And he still, and he still didn't care that Hogan was a heel. He's fucking... <laughs> he hated him the entire time. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Um, and then we get the one thing that WCW did better than WWE, the Nitro Girls. Really? So you enjoyed the Nitro Girls? You know what? Looking back on it, it's stupid. But at the time, it's you know, when, when I was... How old would I would have been then? I was like 20. 20, yeah, 20. I would have just turned 20 in August. Um, 
No, of course I liked it then. Now I'm like, whose stupid ass idea was this to put this on a wrestling show? Right, but, but you're right. Same. For the time, it totally fit. Like, you yeah, had puppies like, on WWE, and then this was kind of WCW's answer to it. Yeah, and it was like the Fly Girls. You know what I mean? They weren't even like the only place I had that. True. So um, thank but you for I'm, bringing the Fly Girls into this podcast. Yeah, Dang. but I was watching. I was watching this on an airplane. And the whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, I hope no one behind me can see this. Like, I hope no one's walking up the aisle and sees me watching these strippers on stage. Did you helicopter Carissa before or after watching this (laughs) pay-per-view? Shit. I think she slept the whole way home. (laughs) Uh, Uh, It's just a lot of fucking around before the show starts, kind of like us, because it took us about eight minutes to even start talking about the (laughs) pay-per-view. It's our show, damn it. Yeah, and I do like the way that the commentary team sets up the show. They kind of preview what you're going to see. It's very like um, real sports, like you would see that before a football game or a hockey game. Um, that's one thing WCW did that I always thought was pretty cool. But then you get a fucking Rick Steiner interview on stage, and that's where it all falls apart for me. Yeah, which is weird. How are you going to start this mega pay-per-view, right? Because Hogan Warrior was still a kind We're of a talking. Yeah, like, let's start this off with the announcers talking, a shitty video package, and then here comes Rick Steiner to talk to Mean Gene before yeah. there's even a match. What the fuck? Right, and then Buff comes out, and Buff Buff says, quote, about the NWO, they win however it takes. He had the best words. Yeah, he really did. I mean, he really, he was a wordsmith. Yes. <laughs> yes. So Buff claims he's done with the NWO, and he's going to watch Rick Steiner's back. Uh, Rick yeah. is supposed to wrestle. Um, well, who the fuck was he going to wrestle? <laughs> I forget now. Uh, he was wrestling because it was a weird. He was wrestling who? His brother Scott. Steiner. But wasn't it something before that, or like he had to? I don't know. We'll get into that, I guess. Well, no that that takes formation like during this interview because remember James J. Dillon comes out. That comes out later. J. J. Dillon comes out during a Scott Steiner interview. Yeah, and that's it right. The whole thing. So basically, Buff is going to be in Rick's corner for his match against Scott. They haven't adjusted the match as will happen later spoiler okay okay all right and then yeah, after and that you can't see a swerve coming at all no 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 I'm completely blind no, to that no one would ever suspect that not at all this seems completely genuine by the way your commentators for the night are tony skiavone bobby the brain and mike Tanay. uh opening match is going to be for the wcw television championship eddie's favorite Name for a championship. It is Raven taking on the champion Chris Jericho. You notice Jericho's music? He comes out to his WWE music, which to me was kind of, I get that they probably don't have the rights to whatever his original music was. Yeah. But this might have been a situation where you use some generic music instead. I totally agree with you. Because it was just kind of odd, you know? Yeah. It's very, very odd. Yeah. We all know he didn't have that music for another year or two. So all of us, yeah, it just, it throws it off to me. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't like it at all. It's all good, Pacock. Yeah, and then they, then Raven gets to the ring and he cuts a promo because why get into a hurry to start the show? Right. Um, Rule of threes. Nitro Girls uh, interview segment. Give Raven a microphone. <laughs> uh, and he's bitching about, apparently he's been on a losing streak and it's not his fault. And then um, Jericho talks shit and then they finally, the, finally the bell rings at 12 minutes and 55 seconds into the show. <laughs> And, and 16 minutes into this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we thought this one was going to go pretty quick. Yeah, right. Um, they start outside um, the whole first part of the match. Jericho took a jump. He jumped off the um, uh, he jumps off the ring and he goes head first into the barricade. Yeah. That was maybe the best shot into the barricade I've ever seen. That was fucking gnarly, dude. 
I was like, dude, he either really, I actually thought he really hit himself, but he didn't bleed. So I think he didn't. He just made it look really fucking good. He made it look as good. Yeah. I mean, I was convinced. I was like, oh, dude, he fucked himself up. Yeah. But I guess not. He was just that good. You know, he just took it that perfectly. But I was convinced. Did you notice what shirt Raven is wearing? Oh, he was wearing. Um, dude, was it like a, a deicide shirt or like. Um, it was suicidal. Suicidal, suicidal. Okay. Yeah, he's wearing a go. suicidal tendency shirt. So he's yeah. like Eric Rowan. Of like 98. Right, right. Yeah, wearing yeah. these metal shirts. I thought that was yeah. awesome. Yeah, it was cool, yeah. Um, yeah, but then he named his stupid finisher after a Pearl Jam song. <laughs> yeah, go Which I it. have in my notes, because I was like, dude, even Flo was a dumbass name uh, for a finisher. Like, it's actually one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs. I'm not like the hugest Pearl Jam fan, but it's a great uh, song, but it's a bad name. It's not a good name for a move. He should have named it um, Jeremy, because that song's about killing everyone. Right. <laughs> Yes. Well done, dude. <laughs> That's much more menacing of a, of a finisher name. Yes. And he was wearing a suicidal tendencies shirt. Just saying. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Jericho takes the cover off the buckle. He gets slingshotted into it, as you could all, you know, expect. And he gets Raven in a lion tamer. And apparently recently Raven's been tapping out really quickly. Um, but he gets Ex- to the rope. Uh, during and- this... Uh- Bobby says that's the longest six inches he's ever seen. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that's not true. He worked with Rick Rude. And Virgil. <laughs> and Virgil. Yeah, and Landy Poffo. <laughs> right. <laughs> and Flair. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, then there's a pretty good back and forth. Raven hits a uh, even flow. Jericho kicks out of it because it sucks. And then um, Canyon hits the apron. Raven ends up colliding with him and gets caught in a lion tamer. And that time he taps immediately. Yep. And I thought this was a good match. And I thought Raven is actually a better wrestler than he gets credit for. I think he's more well-known for his ECW shit or even his hardcore stuff in WWE. But Raven was a really good wrestler. I thought he had a pretty good WCW run. Um, up until the flock split. Mm-hmm. I thought that Raven actually had a really good WCW run. Remember, he was holding the U.S. title up until Goldberg beat him. And he was kind of running yeah, through the yeah. roster, but it seems like once they split up the flock, like that was kind of it for him. He didn't really do much afterwards. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I liked him. Oh, Raven was always cool. I was yeah, he was cool. cool. Yeah. Um, then we get um, another interview segment on the stage where Bischoff fillets Hogan in front of a pumpkin. That was so hot. Yeah. It was just Bischoff telling Hogan how great he is and telling us how great he is. I was like, God damn, dude. Like, just. Just pulls dick out right here. <laughs> yeah, and then they're recapping again the Horace mm-hmm. Hogan beatdown. Right. I'm not seeing a swerve coming at all. This all seems very genuine. Yeah, and I thought it was kind of weird too. I mean, because he's not fighting Horace Hogan. He's fighting Warrior. Right, but they keep you know? bringing up the Horace Hogan thing. Like, guys, right. knock it the fuck off. Like, stop it mentioning it. Right, they're putting the heat on the wrong angle. It was yes. really kind of weird. I thought it, was, it didn't make sense to me. When obviously now you're looking for Horace during the match, I think it would have been a better play just to like not mention him. Leave it alone. Maybe just mention it once very briefly and just leave it alone. Yeah, like be subtle about it, but it's completely on the fucking nose here. And you're right. Yeah. They're not really talking about Warrior so much as Horace Hogan. You're like, yeah, well, no, I never even, Hogan facing. I don't think we ever saw a video with of Warrior. Like no. he had a replay of any interaction with them. So it was weird. Yeah, really bizarre way to push that match. Yeah, and then he, Hogan cuts an insane promo where he talks about nearly killing his nephew and then he calls Warrior a bozo, which <laughs> fell complete. <laughs> I was like, this is pay-per-view, dude. You know what I mean? Call him an asshole, at least. Yeah. <laughs> call, him a, call him a motherfucker. You call him a bo- you're talking about murder and you're calling a guy a bozo. 
Yeah. Weird. Oh yeah, Twitter face. Yeah. And then I think <laughs> and then I think it was uh Shivani said, uh, what do you think of that gargoyle brain? Referring to the gargoyle on the stage. <laughs> Enid says, Oh, I was just talking to her out back. I met her like an hour ago. Oh my god. <laughs> I love Enid, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so quick. Yep. <laughs> Next match of the night, it is Meng versus Wrath. Before you analyze this, I literally only have one note about this. Uh, Wrath reminds me of uh, probably back in 1998 uh, during computer class. I played this game called Wrath of the Gods. Oh, I know that game. Yeah. And that's all. It was a fun game. Only place you've ever heard the word Wrath. Pretty much. (laughs) So we know and love Wrath as Adam Bomb. Yeah. Who threw Nerf footballs into the crowd in the early 90s. Right. This wasn't a great match. I don't know. No, this is not a great match. Um, Yeah, it was fine. Um, I have a quick, quick drunk fact about Meng. Um, Obviously, he was also Haku. Meng is from, he's legit from Tonga. He was picked by the king of Tonga to go train uh, to do sumo in Japan. Oh. Um, He was sent with, I think, five other people. I think it was six total. One of the other ones was the Barbarian. So they grew up together in Tonga and were both sent to, by the king of Tonga, were sent to Japan. Oh, legit faces of fear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so this match starts outside just like the first one, which is ridiculous. Yep. To have two matches start the same way. Back-to-back matches start the same way. Yeah. Working towards um, that rule of threes. Yeah, it's kind of like you said. There was nothing. There wasn't much to it. It was an okay match. I mean, it's two big, strong dudes, so that's cool. Yeah, it was a hard-hitting um, match. It was cool for that. Basically, it was nothing special. Um, Wrath ends up beating Meng with a pump handle slam. And did you notice that Meng didn't know how to take the pump handle slam? I did not notice that. He kept trying to hook his arm behind um, Wrath's head. He reached back twice to hook his arm behind his head. But a pump handle slam, the arm goes behind the guy's back. Oh, right. Yes. So finally, Wrath like, hooked his arm under Meng's arm and got it all the way behind his back. But you could see you could see Meng trying to take the move and not knowing how to do it. Well, kudos to Wrath for not just throwing the move and like breaking Meng's arm or something. Right, right. Like he took care of him. Yeah. Because I mean, well, he didn't want to get his eye plucked out later. <laughs> yeah, <knew>. right. <laughs> yeah, we could put in like a, uh, like a weird-ass fake glass eye and become Atom Bomb again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's basically it for the match. Um, it was not better than Taka versus Aguila. No, absolutely not. Not absolutely even close. Not. not even close. Just about to ask, but yep, yep. they know the rules. Yeah, and then there was a quick Billy Kidman promo backstage that was so boring that they cut away from it while he was talking. One of those internet exclusives where they didn't even acknowledge the camera. Yeah, so. they're like, we're not even going to finish this. Just get out of dump, dump out of this. Yeah. yeah, who wanted to interview this guy? Yeah, right. Billy Kidman showing off all his charisma. <laughs> I mean, there was a reason uh, uh, Jim, uh, Jim Ross called him the great overachiever when he was banging uh, Tory Wilson. <laughs> yeah. Didn't he beat Hogan too? I think he, he did. Yeah. Yeah, I think he did. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was a great wrestler. He was actually really, really. I liked he him was. a lot. I really liked him. Cool. But as a personality, he was. Meh. Yeah. Great in the ring. Not so much on the mic. Yeah. As much as oh god, what's her name? Tori. No. Uh, like, pe- celebrities with dull personalities. Uh, Dakota. Uh. That chick from Fifty Shades. Oh, Dakota Johnson? Dakota Johnson. I always say she has the personality of a doorknob. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, uh, moving on. Uh, 
see. Uh, with uh, Kidman uh, being interviewed, this would be a leadoff for something that I didn't think uh, would be that important for cruiserweights. There would be two very distinct cruiserweight matches. This would be the first. It is a cruiserweight championship qualifier to face Kidman later in the night. This is between Disco Inferno versus Juventud Guerrera. I thought for sure Disco was going to win this match. Or that uh, Juventud was going to win this match. He had been on kind of a push. He had lost his mask because he used to wrestle under a mask. And I thought for sure Juventud was going to pull this one off. I did not see Disco getting the win in this one. I didn't either. And um, kind of, you and I actually talked about this match Friday night. Um, kind of the story of the match was that Disco was um, like, um, I sort of thought he was like a rookie. Because they were, he, it was like he was kind of clueless. Like he didn't know what he was doing. And um, Hoovy was outsmarting him a lot. Right, right. And even the brain mentioned it at one point. And um, then you told me the other night, you mentioned something about disco wrestling at like the previous Halloween Havoc. And I was like, wait, whoa, whoa. he'd been there that long? He'd been there a year and they're making him out to be like a rookie who doesn't know what he's doing? Well, he had might he might have changed character a little bit, like moved out of that whole like crazy disco guy. Like he might have changed a little bit from 97 to 98. But oh, no, he was completely fucking disco in 98. Okay. Well, I don't yeah. know. Dude. And, and you know what? I don't think that that was me. I think that was Jeff that told you that. Okay. Because I didn't remember Halloween Havoc 97 at all. Okay. Okay. Yeah, maybe it was Jeff. But I was just kind of like, oh, I sort of assumed, because I don't know WCW history that well. Right. I sort of I sort of assumed that he was relatively new. Like, he'd been there a few months, maybe. Yeah, and, and for the record, this was my first time watching this pay-per-view. Me too. Me too. I had never seen this one before. Yeah. I think I might have seen the Hogan and Warrior match one or two times, just to kind of like chuckle at it. But right. the rest of this card, I had never seen any of the matches. So, And I'm not a Disco Inferno history guy, so I got me well, on who, this one, dude. Well, who is? Jeff. Yeah, and Disco. And, yeah, and Disco <laughs> Inferno. Just ask him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Disco does a giant swing, and it's like the weakest giant swing you've ever seen. <laughs> He's like, and what, he, five foot three? Yeah, He's something trying to like do that. a giant swing. And he makes himself dizzy, and he falls with his head on Hoovy's dick, um, which was cool, I guess. Um a lot of two counts in the match. It was like Steamboat Savage with the two counts. Well, and you know what I liked about this is it really showed off, as it does later in the card, that WCW was strong because they had multiple angles that they could run during a pay-per-view. They could run from the cruiserweight angle. They could mm -hmm. do the Nitro Girls. They could do a strong mid-card. And then they have their great heavyweight class. Right. So you really got a lot of offerings from top to bottom. And this was just an example. And their cruiserweights always killed it. And of course, you know, they still had Jericho. They had Saturn. They had Eddie. You know, strong, strong roster here for WCW. And this kind of showed that off. You're totally right. That was, you know, I mentioned earlier, the Nitro Girls were the one thing that WCW did better. But actually, the cruiserweight division was. Yes. And that was what a lot of times maybe... Um, I'm watching Raw and I switch channels during a commercial and there'd be a cruiserweight match on and maybe once in a while I'd stick with that. You know? Yeah, you'd watch that, of course. That was what I liked the best about WCW. Like in the small bits of it I saw was the cruiserweights. They were great. Yeah, and no offense to Takamichinoku, but WCW did cruiserweights way better. Yeah, but I think Taka was better than almost their whole division. I don't know, dude. The cruiserweights, I mean, Dean Malenko, Eddie. yeah. Hooventude, Billy Kidman, those guys are strong. I mean, I would love to see the matchup with Taka, but I, WCW, I think, did cruiserweights better. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, that's true. I mean, overall, for sure. Yep. Um, Disco ends up winning with a perfect jumping pile driver. And I just wrote, imagine that. A guy lands on top of his head and doesn't kick out at two. <laughs> exactly the way it should be. 
the good old days. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> you do a move that can kill a person in real life and you don't get out. Yeah, exactly. And that's the way it should be. It's yeah. not like Hawk jumping up after taking a pile driver. The dude stayed down for three and that's the way it should be. Yeah. And the one problem I had with the match was actually they made such a big deal of Disco being inexperienced and not knowing what he's, what he's doing is Hoovy ended up looking bad. Yeah. By losing to him, like losing clean. You know, like he lost to an idiot. Well, that's why I said I did not expect Disco to come out on top of this match. Yeah, yeah. Everything seemed to point towards Hooventude. So Disco won. I was like, what the fuck? Right. Maybe they're saving Hoovy for another match later with Kidman? I don't know. Yeah. Um, and after that, we get the Nitro Girls and Shawn Michaels' wife is giving a lap dance to a steel chair. He must be so proud. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was the the clip he saw where he told uh, Nash or whoever to get her his get her, get her number for him. <laughs> did you see what she did to that steel chair? <laughs> <laughs> Imagine what she could do to me, brother. <laughs> Big man, you got to hook me up. <laughs> that chair. <laughs> uh, then we get we get a Scott Steiner promo on stage after that, and he explains that he's been up for three days, so that's at least two things he could fail a drug test for. Right. You think he's on steroids too? Uh, that, well, that's the other one, obviously, that I'm referencing. <laughs> So now it's, okay, so now they, this was all so convoluted, so correct me if I'm wrong, but they change it to where it's Scott and the Giant versus Rick and Buff for the tag titles? Yes. And if yes. they lose now, Scott and Rick have to face but, each other in a and, match. And the way that J.J. Dillon explains it is they have to wrestle for 15 minutes, not that they wrestle on a 15-minute time limit match. So. Yes, they have to wrestle for 15 yes. minutes. That made so no I'm, sense. Yeah, so I'm under the impression that it's not even an actual real match. It's just a fight that lasts it's 15 a fight. minutes. Yes. But it's not. Well, we'll get to that, but that's not what we end up getting. I think J.J. Dillon just went out and said some shit that didn't make sense. Yeah, he fucked up. Yeah. And um, luckily, that, that abortion of a segment didn't last long. Was I imagining this, or did Scott Steiner threaten to fuck everyone in Vegas? That sounds like him. Yeah, I seem to remember yeah. him like saying something about wanting to have sex with a bunch of people, and that's well, yeah, like I mean, a Scott Steiner thing to do. He had yeah, been up for three days. Uh, yeah, he's been up for three days. He's roid raging. That sounds like something he would do. You mean also, awake or stiff for three days? <laughs> <laughs> also, I didn't know that Scott Steiner and the Giant were the tag team champions. I didn't either. I thought that was insane, actually. Yeah. That's so, a drunk anyway, fact. yeah, weird promo. <laughs> yeah. That would lead into hell of a hairdo that I've never seen on Finley before. Mm-hmm. Fit Finley versus Alex Wright. I like this because it was kind of cool seeing Finley when he was only in his 50s. <laughs> and can go. <laughs> and can go. <laughs> I like uh, the conflict like, of styles. It was, yeah, right. That was really cool. Yeah, Finley's yeah. hard-hitting, Alex Wright, a little more finesse, high-flying. I didn't understand why Alex Wright was dancing. That was his gimmick, dude. We we need two people to do that, just because Disco's doing that. And we have a whole crew of dancers. Yes, yeah, so basically back-to-back matches with dancers. Yeah. In, with the, and with in the, between, with, there were dancers. Oh, there was a lap dance uh, segment in between. Correct. Shawn yeah. Michaels found his wife from that. And yeah, and here we are, Alex Wright dancing again. Yeah. Yeah, that it's was a whole weird. Thing, dude. Yeah, they're like, let's decorate the middle of the pay per view with dances. Yeah, it's no, like this... a variety show. It's like I'm watching like the Jerry Lewis telethon or something. <laughs> yeah, and the, exactly. This is this must have been where Emma got the idea of uh, make your signature dance just one arm movement repeated. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was a short match. Not a lot to it. Both guys really laid their shit in, which I liked. 
They did. The crowd didn't care for it much. They were boring no. chants. No. Yeah, right. Um, Fit took a, a post head first, and then he took a rude awakening time type uh, move. Yep. And that was that. One, two, that three. That was it. Yep. Yeah. There was one part where uh, Alex Wright went for a missile dropkick. He's casually stepped away from it. And just by the way that he landed, he really could have messed up his ankle. But luckily he didn't. But I just... I just like how Finn was like, no, you ain't hitting me. Just land right there, bitch. Something <laughs> like that. Not even concern. <laughs> but then again, he, I mean, he's 50 in this match. He's experienced. He knows That's what's true in the ring. <laughs> he's not going to do too much. He knows yeah. a few things. Yeah. <laughs> Next match of the night would be Lodi versus Saturn. So, so my first, oh. Lodi uh, walks out with signs about himself, and it reminds me of uh, Hunter Pence signs back when the Giants won the World Series uh, that one year. Oh, yeah. That's oh, right. I was going to say those. I was gonna say it reminds me of Sammy Guevara with the signs during the pitcher and pitcher. Oh, he does that? Oh, he, do- he, he used to. He doesn't do it anymore. I haven't, I haven't seen him do it. No- or if he does, I guess I just skip the commercials. Okay. Um, but, yeah, he would come out and do, like, a promo using signs, like, flipping through the signs, like in that NXS video, you know? Uh. Um. Adam is holding up a sign that says Eddie can't afford a hot tub time machine. Oh my god, dude, you made a sign like Lodi? I made signs. <laughs> Adam is literally living That's, Lodi's gimmick right now. Hold that up, dude. I gotta take a picture of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, my first note was who the fuck is Lodi? So, Lodi, I guess his name spelled backwards is Idol. And he got the name oh. Lodi because he bears resemblance to Billy Idol. I guess that's how he got the name Lodi. That's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard. I agree. I agree Why not just fair- call him Idol? I, I don't know. But he called oh, himself Lodi. I mean, dude, honestly, like the way they used to steal shit, they could have just called him Billy Idol. I mean, they had a dude named Sid Vicious. Well, you know, Lodi ended up being an William Idol. It was either before or after this match. It was Lenny and Lodi. <laughs> and they were essentially Chuck and Billy before Chuck and Billy. Oh, God. I like Lenny and Carl way better. <laughs> <laughs> They're hella cool. Um, so Saturn wore, Saturn wore a beret, and he said it was to represent having been an army ranger. And I thought, man, if the army saw that vest he was wearing, they might ask him to stop wearing that fucking beret. Yeah, I think I saw him in police academy in that bar. <laughs> yeah, the, the Blue Oyster. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. And there's our outro music. <laughs> <laughs> I thought uh, I can. I thought Saturn's uh, attire was like an homage to Jean Claude Van Damme in the Street Fighter movie. <laughs> oh, could have been. Yeah, good point. Yeah, there you go. Um, so Lodi's obsessed with his stupid signs, and he keeps like leaving the match. Um, like people would take him, like they're gonna move him or something, and he would go out and get him. And he did that like three times. And I just I wrote uh, in my notes, I hate this match. This match or Lodi specifically. Um, both. Yeah, um, agree. I, yeah. Um, I would have liked it better if Saturn was wrestling someone better than Lodi, maybe Moppy. That would have been <laughs> great, yeah. Good point. <laughs> um, Saturn finally gets him gets him in the ring and he hits hella suplexes and a falcon arrow and then a Death Valley driver for the win. And um, I was like, wow, Lodi and Lodi are, are both suck. Yes. The city and the, the person and the city. Yeah. <laughs> so Lodi got squashed. Yeah. Yeah, anyone in California knows why I'm saying that. <laughs> also, uh, like since he won, you hear it both times during his entrance and after the win. 
didn't Saturn's music just didn't it didn't sound like sirens. I thought it was kazoo's. <laughs> <laughs> it might have been. Probably. It was it was it was a third grade class doing the music. Ah, that explains it. The production <laughs> <Recorders>. value. <laughs> they inherited uh, great inflatables, but uh, still couldn't uh, take care of the rest of the production. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you guys, Adam's holding up another sign that says Scott is pissed as a cricket. <laughs> All right, he saved so, the signs for that match. That's awesome. Of, yeah, of course, definitely. <laughs> uh, we got the Nitro hold that gr- up again. Let me get, oh, hold that up again. Let me get another picture. All right. Nitro girls again. I didn't even write it down this time. I feel we should have done shots for the appearances of the Nitro girls. Oh, well, fucking good time See, to think all, of it. The great idea is after the fact, right? Yeah, but it, I mean, we've already missed, we've seen him twice, so I missed two shots. All right, right. so. You know what? It's Sunday, dude. Like, I'm not trying to get that crazy. I already fucking, we didn't get into this. We hung out Friday, and I was up till 1.30 with you drinking. I had to be at work at fucking 6 the next morning. Yeah, you and you, and, went. Um, you went. Yeah, I didn't get that drunk, though. I was kind of careful. Like, I didn't drink too much. I was just up late. But, um, no, it's Sunday. I don't know about doing shots. I mean, if Tony Guerrero shows up, we'll do a shot. <laughs> the Nitro Girls are not nearly as cool as him. <laughs> to be fair, though, who is? Yeah, Tony Guerrero doesn't run in during Goldberg's match. <laughs> we can only be so lucky. Yeah. No, it is, tearing... probably still out-wrestle him in that one, too. <laughs> yeah. He'll be tearing down the gargoyle. <laughs> you better uh, not take Virgil's job. <laughs> Let's get to the next match. It is for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, Disco Inferno, Disco Inferno, uh, victor of the previous qualifier, taking on the champion Billy Kidman. So apparently, someone was booking this show and thought to themselves, "You know what? This needs more Disco Inferno." Y- yes, more dancing. Right, more more dancing. <laughs> more dancing. That's <laughs> right. Like, this is yeah, more like, dancing. Uh, oh, yeah. No, f- f- fucking lost count. This is a lot of dancing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like <laughs> it's yeah. It's like dancing with no stars. oh what i would give to have bruno tonioli now uh, commentating on wcw (laughs) (laughs) that Um, the pile driver was not as effective you need to put some oomph into it okay never mind (laughs) um so disco does much better in this match like he's not coming off as stupid and i'm like okay has he taken a couple wrestling classes since his last match or (laughs) yeah or is kidman stupider than him See, either way, Disco could have had a 15-minute crash course, learned some shit. Because I'll tell you, he did a gnarly drop toe hold mm-hmm. on Kidman, and Kidman went into the bottom rope with it. Yeah, like, kind of yeah. like it was like a hot shot, kind of, but a little bit different. I thought that was a great move. Yeah, yeah. Um, Disco hits that pile driver again, but he's uh, there's a lot of back and forth, and uh, he hits the pile driver, and he can't cover Kidman because he's worn out. But then he yes. just suddenly pops up. Like boom! Like he just got it back together. Yep. And he, but then he rolls Kidman over and pins him with one hand, and um, he does not get the pin. Nope. Nope. Good and, pile driver, but he didn't get the pin this time. Yeah, he was. He had a gnarly pile driver, dude. That shit looked good. Yeah, it really did. It really. Yeah. Did. And again, this uh, is just highlighting what WCW did well. Their cruiserweight division. Mm-hmm. Um, and Disco fucks around and starts dancing again, and he ends up getting hit with a shooting star and loses. Yeah. Yeah, because he had and to dance. That dancing will kill you. 
And I've now seen two Disco Inferno matches, which is two more than I ever wanted to see. (laughs) (laughs) Two for now. I'm sure we're going to review more WCW. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, these are always fun to review. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Next up is the complicated match that uh, came to be. Uh, This is uh, for the WCW Tag Team Championship. Uh, Scott Scott Steiner and the Giant Champions entering, taking on Rick Steiner and Buff Bagwell. If uh, NWO Hollywood loses, Scott Steiner must face Rick for 15 minutes, apparently. Yes, not a match. He just has to wrestle him for 15 minutes. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Big Show's smoking on his way to the ring. (laughs) <laughs> yeah they zoom in on that shit that was weird which was really weird but i guess when you're a giant you don't need to have any cardio <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> fuck rules i'm smoking yeah. in here i don't give a shit we're in vegas um, and i took an inventory of who's in the ring and the only one i liked was big show yeah and it's crazy to think about what these guys are up to now these four right you've got rick steiner who i guess is just a regular retired wrestler whose son now you know is um in what NXT. the fuck's he called? Uh, Braun Breaker. Braun, yep. You got Big Show, who was still wrestling part-time in AEW. Ended up having uh, like a, one of the greatest careers of all time. You've got Scott Steiner, who is completely bonkers and threatened to kill Hogan. Threatened Hogan's wife said he would kill Hogan and was banned from the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he's a full-time psychopath now. R- right, right. They like had to give his picture out to the people taking tickets at the doors in case he bought a ticket. <laughs> 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 and uh, Buff Bagwell fucks chicks for money. Yes. So he's so he's doing the best out of the four. I think. <laughs> who would have thought Buff Bagwell, the most yeah. successful of the four, twenty something <laughs> years later? Yeah. <laughs> um. I feel swerve coming. No, you're kidding. <laughs> I just it's just a feeling I have. Hmm. And um, basically, it's just your standard tag team match until Buff swerves on Rick. Which, I, I mean, come on. It was almost immediately, too. Like, you fucking and I thought, me? Yeah, and I thought, imagine that. The guy who barks like a dog got fooled. <laughs> How did he not see through this? He seems so smart. <laughs> right. Yeah, he seems so smart. He was so distracted by the FUBU jersey. He thought, nah, this guy's got to be cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, why do they keep talking about Buff's mom? I wasn't really clear. So, Judy Bagwell was involved in a couple of matches. Like, she got involved somehow in his wrestling career. And I believe it was after this match, at some point, they had a Judy Bagwell on a pole match. Oh, that's right. she didn't right. sit on a pole herself. It was like a paper to get custody of Judy or something like that. It was ridiculous WCW bullshit. That's right, right. Yep. Um... I don't even remember how the match ended. It was a bulldog, right? Someone hit a bulldog. Uh, yeah, Rick hit uh, the giant. Oh, Rick! Yeah, that's right. Bulldog. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rick hit giant. Yeah, which that's crazy. But we'd be remiss if we did not talk about the Big Show throwing a drop kick off the top rope, missing Rick and hitting Scott. That's right. Yeah, he did do that. Yeah, that ultimately led to the bulldog. But I didn't want to go past that part without being guys. Big Show jumped from the top fucking rope. Well, luckily I'm here to go past that. Yes, thank you. Thank you. A 500-plus man. Like, it would have been only more impressive if he had done, like, a moonsault or something. Like, I couldn't believe he fucking scaled the top rope. That was incredible. Didn't he do a moonsault at some point? They said that he used to do moonsaults, but I've never seen him do one. 
Okay. Yeah, they said I he would throw them in like training or whatever. Okay, but I've I remember never seen that. him actually thrown one. Okay. Um. So yeah. So a giant gets beat with a bulldog. Uh-oh. Yes. And which is insane. <laughs> um, I don't understand that that uh, creative decision at all. And now we get this 15 minute fucking garbage match that I don't care about. And Rick is tag team champions by himself. Yes. Which is tech. What? I don't like this. Uh. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay, so Rick wins. So now we get the match we were promised. We get Rick versus Scott. Mm hmm. Buff shows up in a mask and a suit. Well, we don't know it's Buff, obviously, but he's wearing a mask. He comes in, lays out Rick, takes off the mask. It's Buff Bagwell. Rick fucking kicks out of two pin attempts. And then Rick pins Scott. So I guess they're not going 50-50 booking here at all with Rick Steiner. Like, the way they book this is like suddenly you're thinking Rick Steiner is your next heavyweight champion. Right. Like, that's going to be the guy that beats Goldberg. Right. He beat the Giant and um, uh, his brother back-to-back. And for all intents and purposes, he beat Buff Bagwell, too. Well, yeah. Yeah, basically. Like, he's single-handedly taking down the NWO here. He took their tag team champions or their tag team championships. He beat his brother. He foiled the plans of Buff. Like, you, the way they booked this, you would think Rick Steiner literally was going to be the next guy. Yeah. Guess and what? I couldn't have, I couldn't have been less interested the whole time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't think like the crowd... I mean, look, the crowd popped, right? But right. I don't think anybody wanted to see, like, Rick go this far. Like, they, I think they were more about Scott Steiner, obviously. Totally, because, totally. Yeah, he's yeah. the guy on steroids, up for three days, banging chicks left and right all weekend. And, yeah, that's the guy you're rooting for. Threatening murder. Yeah, committing murder or threatening murder anyway. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was quite a scene over there in that match. Yeah, and because you would think, right, so Scott Steiner is obviously the one they're going to be putting the rocket on. He's going to be the next guy. Like, you look at the four guys in that match, okay, Scott Steiner's the clear star, but all of a sudden it's Rick. Like, and you think they would 50-50 book it. Okay, give Rick the tag team championships. That'll create a little story Exactly, exactly. But have Scott beat Rick. Right, right. Nope. No, no, put, no. All, it's all Rick tonight. So, which is and great were, because I really don't like 50-50 booking anyway. So I was really impressed with the call, but I'm like, why was it Rick? Right, that weird. guy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I love Rick what, Steiner, but like he's not that guy. Yeah, and what ended up happening? Do you know? Like why did it? Because I, because I remember Scott Steiner being a huge deal. I don't remember Rick Steiner ever being a huge deal. Well, yeah, Scott Steiner was right. a big deal. Scott went on to become heavyweight champion. Right, right. But yeah, yeah but Rick didn't. So what happened between this and then? Um, I don't did know. Rick We'd just didn't get over the next pay per view? Oh fuck! It wouldn't surprise me if the way WCW booked thing, like Rick wasn't even on the next pay per view. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, maybe we should watch the next pay per view. I think so. All right. Let's search for Rick. Okay. Yeah, I'll add that <laughs> uh, to the uh, list. Okay. Next match, Adam. It is Scott Hall versus Kevin Nash. Um, I was gonna make a joke the about fallout. um, I was gonna make a joke about that not being water in Hall's glass. But they immediately started talking about him having issues. So I was like, okay, I guess it's not supposed to be water. So uh, No. And let's also like throw kudos out here. Big Show comes to the ring smoking in the previous match. <laughs> this one, Hall comes to the ring drinking. I'm like, they're certainly embracing this whole Vegas thing. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Steiner's been up for three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, can we also talk about the white ooze design on Scott Hall's attire? Oh, I didn't even... Th- Adam, you're disgusting. Wow. Oh, I'm disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that was lost on me. That was... Drinking and smoking and I'm the gross one. 
And I'm I used to really like out. those trunks too. Now it's fucking bukkake, and I'm I'm not a fan <laughs> of them anymore. <laughs> um, Hall ends up tossing the glass in Nash's face. He was only pretending to be drunk because he's walking down. He's kind of staggering in the ring. Yes. It turns out he was he was pretending to be drunk. And I started thinking, what's the least bad clear liquor to get thrown in your face? The least bad? Yeah, I would guess vodka because it's fairly I, flavorless. Yeah, I would think vodka. Okay, yeah. then what's the worst one? So if you're going to do that to fuck someone up. Maybe Everclear because it's Everclear. Like the strongest. Yeah. Exactly. That was exactly what I was thinking. Or Mezcal would be pretty, that's intense. It's not Absinthe? as strong, but it's really intense. Well, yeah, absinthe. Oh, absinthe would be. No, I think Everclear would be worse. Okay. Yeah, because at least absinthe smells good. Yeah, good point. Yeah, <laughs> my sting like fuck, but damn, that smells tasty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and then he um he hits him with the micro hits him with the microphone, chokes him with the cord, and he another match that goes right outside. Yeah, and then he cuts a promo and mentions Nash's big butt. <laughs> We cannot lie. <laughs> which, yeah, which is another just like doing this crazy ship and then going very soft on the language. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, str- bozo he, and big butt. Yeah, he's strangling a guy, but you can't say ass. Yeah. <laughs> it's paper. He's the microphone cord. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, look at his big butt. <laughs> yeah. Um, Nash makes a comeback. He goes for a jackknife, but Hall bails. And then Nash is talking shit to Hall for being a drunk. And I got to be honest, I took offense to that. Really, you didn't like that? No, I thought that was very rude. Yeah, it's one of those things they're bringing real life in, and right, you start to walk a fine line a little bit. Well, no, I mean he should have been showing him respect for being a drunk. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> well done. I'm glad I walked into that one for you. <laughs> it, it reminded me of that uh, Mitch Hedberg joke about alcoholism is the only disease you can get yelled at for having. Yeah, damn it, Mitch, you have lupus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so now it's just fucking destroying Hall. He hits a jackknife, and then he does exactly w- what I hate him for. He went and leaned on the ropes. You didn't like that? I hated when he would do that. I was never a Nash fan. I always liked him as a character, but I hated him as a wrestler because he would do shit like that. Like, he'd hit a huge... Why would you hit a jackknife and not go for a pin? Or pick him up and hit him with another one? Or do anything other than lean over the fucking rope? Yeah. Like, I know he's, like, supposed to be, like, too cool. Yes, uh, that you know. was his whole thing, yeah. Right, but come on, dude. Act like you want to win the match. Yeah. And it was okay. just boring. It was also boring to me. You know, besides it, it was stupid, it was boring. Like, okay. oh, cool, okay, this is entertaining me, right? The guy's leaning over the rope. Well, okay, then there's the other argument that, yeah, he's just too cool. He knows that the dude is incapacitated. He can take his time, play to the crowd a little bit. Yeah. There's that side of it. I could see both sides. Yeah, yeah. I mean... So the way I saw it, that first uh, jackknife, it it looked like he dropped him instead of actually executing the jackknife powerbomb. So maybe he was just trying to compose himself and play it off like, this was my plan on the lung. I'm going to do two to this fucker. So you want to see a second one? Which in his head is like, damn, I got to actually hit one this time. That's what I got. Well, and to your point, he did make it a double. He, he made it a double. Twice. He made yep, it a double. He made it a double for Scott yeah. Tom. And then he um he pinned him after that, right? After the second. No, no. he walked away. Oh, he walked away. That's right. He walked away. And when he walked away, he barely managed to get himself up. Like he was blown up. And I was like, well, maybe he should have leaned on that rope longer. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, he was going hard in Vegas too. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and he was going back. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, I'm hitting the showers in the MGM br- uh, Grand, brother. Yeah. <laughs> um, he hits a DX chop and leaves. That's what it was. 
Um, and he gets counted out. And I was like, what a stupid finish. That was dumb. Yeah, yeah. it was just dumb. Yeah. I think the way of like just making making the fact that uh, Scott was going to have his hand raised in victory while blown up, I think it was like Nash trying to go like, yes, you're going to win the match. Yes, you will. Yes, you will, you drunkard. <laughs> <laughs> so like when they raise up his... His hand is like, that's kind of a middle finger. That's not bad. But <laughs> And Eddie, you completely failed at the 45-minute bell. I know, I know. And I was just looking at the notes, and I was like, wait, how many matches do we have left? Because I was like, remember I told you, if we're not close to the last two matches, we'll kind of rush through what's left. There's only one more before we get to the next two matches. So here's the bell to make you happy. Thank you. That so that's our, I wanted to hear. That's our hurry the fuck up and take the show home bell. Because right. we're trying not As to go we too get long. into the final three Presented matches, by Snickers. Like we spent shit ton of time on the undercard. <laughs> yeah, well, Disco got too many matches. Too much Disco Inferno. <laughs> when you got guys coming to the ring smoking and drinking, like, we have to talk about this. Smoking, right, right. drinking, dancing. Honestly, that's all going to be more interesting than this Brett match. Also, don't you think that had we been going to pay-per-views back in the 90s, like, out of state, we would have gone to this, right? Like, if this had oh, happened hell today, yeah. we would have gone to this. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yes, yes, okay. yeah. Well, no, no. Um, yes, we would have. I didn't watch WCW, but I would have gone to whatever WWE was pay per view was in Vegas. Okay, okay, fair. Yeah. Even though it was yeah. Hogan Warrior, you still wouldn't have gone. Yeah. Oh wait, no, I was only twenty. I couldn't have gone to Vegas. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good I didn't point. turn twenty-one till the year after. Okay. I went gotcha. on my birthday. Yeah. Um. So next match. It's for the WCW United States Championship. Bret Hart is the champion, taking on Sting. Uh, during Sting's entrance, or one of their entrances, someone holds up a sign that says, Sting, mm-hmm. give him the Scorpion. I had Scorpion. And I had Scorpinian. Scorpion. Okay. So, <laughs> so someone had a sign. We all noticed someone couldn't spell Scorpion. Yeah. And apparently none of us could spell it the way he spelled it. We all have a different version of it. This is a like drunk podcast. That, <laughs> I'd like to think that somebody on the WCW staff handed them that sign to hold up because they thought that's how Scorpion was spelled. <laughs> so somebody on the WCW payroll did that. Yeah. I bet it was. It was was, was Hurd still there? Did Hurd still work there? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think I do have Scorpion, but I have a capital I, so it looks like an L. So I think okay. I have the same thing as you. It's one okay. of those It's one of those third graders that helped build the set, but they couldn't pass their spelling test. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, Sting comes out to the Wolfpack music, and I don't like the Wolfpack music. And his face paint looks awful. I never liked him with the red and black face paint. He looked the like red a shitty, and black was horrible. He looked like a shitty Darth Maul. I also have never seen him with a goatee. That was weird too. It yeah. was, yeah, yeah. So um, it's like it's like if Darth Maul was a bro, <laughs> right? So Brett's been there just short of a year. Whose fucking idea was to turn him heel in his first year in the company? Which is crazy considering how he came in at Starcade ninety seven. He, he came like in the hottest face. He came in the hottest face in the fucking in, in wrestling. Yeah. Yeah. And but then they had to turn him and stick him in the NWO. That's crazy. Yeah. Kind of ridiculous. Yeah. Um and I like him as a heel. Um I just thought it was a terrible decision. Well, he did a good job playing the heel and heel in this at the beginning. He did. He was re- he was a really good heel. And you know, he had worked heel I mean he'd been you know, he was doing the thing where he's heel here and a face in Canada. Right. Um, and he was great at that. And he, you know, the Hart Foundation were heels early on. Right. Up until about four, five, five-ish, four. Yeah, WrestleMania 88. Yep. Yeah. 
Um, I just thought it was a weird decision. Um, totally agree. He dilly dallies until Sting attacks him on the aisle. Um, I loved the, Tony Schiavone. I kind of I like him sometimes. I don't like him other times. Um, I loved that he explained how guys are so competitive because the money is so big now. Because I always oh, love yeah. when they talk about money, and I wish they would have mentioned that in the Hall and Nash match. Because I'm watching it thinking like, dude, you beat him. Why walk away without pinning him? You're giving him the winner's money. Good point. And I thought they yeah. should have mentioned that then. So I liked in this one, Shivani just ha- he mentioned it in the wrong match, but he mentioned it. And I always think that's cool when they talk about that, about like the better you are, the more money you make. And he was saying the money is so big now because wrestling is so huge. So that was just a cool little thing. Um, uh, it's kind of like a regular Brett match. Starts out slow, um, but it's different because he's doing dirty moves. Right. But it's But it's that start out slow, build up to a good pace. And then get kind of crazy. Yep. And Brett did some heel shit, right? Mm-hmm. He did the fake injury bit. I think he did the uh, ran, ran Sting's eyes on the ropes. Yes. And then yeah. he uh, brought out a foreign object. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, Brett was uh, really leaning into that whole heel thing. Yeah. Um, Sting puts Brett in a scorpion death lock, but Brett rolls over too early, or Sting rolled over too slowly, I guess. And he almost trips Sting. Did you I see think that? he did that shit on purpose. Do you think he did? Yeah. Like, like okay, he's, motherfucker, you've taken my move for years. Right. Like he's take, with you a little bit. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Something weird happened there where they're doing the same move. They, they both have the same finisher and they're doing yes. it on each other. And one of them, it's like they didn't work together. Right. On it. Right. Yeah, that was that was kind of cool. Um, and I forget how the match ended. Uh, I didn't well, get a Sting chance. I didn't get to review my notes earlier. Okay. Sting accidentally bumped the ref, and I thought it was hilarious because as the ref is down, like face down, Brett leg drops him. Right, right. Which was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but then there was that weird moment where like Sting and Brett are both like down by the referee, like doing moves. Right. And you see the referee who's supposed to be out scoot out of their way. Yeah, yeah. Like, Come on, dude. Can somebody talk to him about that shit? Mm-hmm. Um, and then as the ref is still down, Sting does a superplex onto Brett, onto the referee's legs. Onto the referee's legs, yeah. How he didn't break one of his legs is insane because that's two 250-pound men coming down on top of your legs. Yeah. Pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, so Sting, and I've never seen him do this, for some reason overshot a Stinger splash in the corner. Mm-hmm. And then he's kind of like draped over the top rope. Sting hits him with the bat. Uh, Brett wakes up the ref. Sharpshooter by Brett. Sting's out. Yeah. Ref calls for the bell. It was... I expected it to be a really good match, and it could have been a really good match, but they had too many bells and whistles. I didn't like the finish of Sting missing the Stinger Splash. He's been doing that move since, like, 86, 87. And it's a move that I wouldn't miss. Exactly. You're going to overshoot? Like, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and I didn't really think there was even a reason for the ref bump. Right. Like, it was just all, it was just overbooked. It was just too much going on, and none of it really made sense or added anything to it. When then overbooked EMTs show up after the match, put Sting on a stretcher, wheel him away, like, mm-hmm. holy shit, like, why? <laughs> right, it wasn't that, I mean, yeah. A couple right, of shots with a bat, like, we've seen that plenty of times. Yeah, yeah, totally. I yeah, don't it was, know. But yeah, overbooked, you're absolutely he, right. Yeah, the whole thing was goofy. That would be uh, our leeway to the main event, if you would call it that. This is for the WCW Heavyweight <laughs> Championship Diamond, Dallas Page versus the champion, Goldberg. Did you go out of order, dude? Yeah, you went out of order, dude. Hogan and Warrior was first. Did I? Yeah. Motherfucker. 
I put it in a different section. Shit. Apparently, Adam's one of the kids that worked on the WCW stage in the early 90s. <laughs> I was in elementary they, school. They took his notes for him. <laughs> I for, Adam was too old to work on those stages. I forget <laughs> I forget which one of those years our class was in charge of the haunted house. They, <laughs> they sent me over here. My bad. Um, <laughs> it's a, Yeah, you're right. The... Uh, the hyped up return match uh, from uh, WrestleMania. Now, uh, their next bout in WCW. Hogan and Warrior. The match so, that only Hogan wanted. Was. Yeah, shit. Was Warrior doing a Brock schedule back then? Is that why we didn't see. Is 100%. that why the angle. That's yeah. why the angle was Hogan beating up his nephew instead of beating up Warrior then? Yeah, Warrior wasn't on TV every week, dude. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, so now going into this, I did not look at the card. I thought this was the main event and I'm looking at it and I'm like, dude, there's 40 minutes left on the show. Yeah. Warrior's going to wrestle for 40 fucking minutes. Yeah. I had no idea that there was another match yeah. after it. And there I was, was like, another oh, match. My. Yeah. I'm on the plane. And I'm like, oh my God, I hope there's another fucking match. But what would it be? I was kind of forgot that I hadn't seen Goldberg yet. So Kevin Sullivan was one of the bookers in WCW at this time. Mm-hmm. And he, he, he went out and said, as we've all kind of thought about. Hogan literally wanted this match so he could get the win back from WrestleMania six. Kevin Sullivan said that. That makes perfect sense. I don't. I don't doubt that at all. Which is hilarious because that match was eight and a half eight years, years before this. He's That's dwelling still, on it. Yeah, he's still dwelling. Like Warrior wasn't even in wrestling anymore. He brings this guy basically <laughs> out of retirement just so he can get a win back. And he booked the original match with an out where he missed the leg drop and hurt himself. Yes. You know what I mean? Where it was just like he slipped up and lost because of it. Like, so it was like, there was a ref bump. What, didn't Hogan pin Warrior in the match too when the ref was down? Yes, he did. Yeah. So he Hogan did all that three. shit. Yes. Right. So Hogan beat Warrior, but didn't beat him. Right. And eight years later, he needs to bring the guy back for the dead to fucking yes. beat him. <laughs> to get a legitimate three count in the ring to get that win back so that he can go to his grave knowing... He was 50-50 with Warrior. Fucking Hogan, dude. I'm telling you, that is just like the height of narcissism, isn't it? Are you yeah. kidding me? Well, I think it's also one of the things, those things too where I think Hogan sees a lot of shit with, with dollar signs. You know what I mean? Like he can be like, I've beat everyone, brother. I, you know, I'm supposed to be the top paid guy because of this. Or, you know what I mean? My contract's going to be up. And, you know, I, I think he always thinks with, with money too. Well, that's the best part of this is this didn't cost Hogan a dime. To bring Warrior back. It was WCW's oh, money. Yeah. Ridiculous money, I might add, that brought Warrior back just so Hogan could fucking pin him. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah, ridiculous. so now we also have Ted Turner blowing Hogan with his money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. This uh, was just... I'm watching this with that in the back of my head. Like, what a joke, dude. It's it's good to be the king. Yeah, right? <laughs> um. So, Warrior does his entrance, and he comes out with slow music, and I'm like, whoa, wait, what, huh? They gave him slow music? Yeah. Like, they're completely destroying what was the best... His entrance was the best part right. of his whole act, and they're going to fuck it up with slow music. He's going to speed, speed walk up. to the ring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like Simon, Simon Dean or whatever. Like <laughs> um, so they speed the music up, and I was like, oh, okay, here we go. He's going to do the run to the ring. They turn the fucking lights off. He sprints to the ring in the dark. <laughs> like, they saved his entrance. His entrance is going to suck. They recovered it, and then they turned the lights off. <laughs> He ran like, in the dark. I wish he would have yeah. tripped, like front of, oh, run into a barricade or something. They come back, <laughs> lights are on. He's fucking sprawled out, holding his ankle. <laughs> run into yeah. the pumpkin and the inflatable demon. <laughs> Get lost in the bouncy house inside the demon. <laughs> 
so he gets to the ring and Hogan's yelling like to the camera. This he's out of his mind. This guy's crazy. He's out of his mind. And I was he's like, he's a bozo. Yeah, and I was like, oh, Hogan must have heard Warrior in the back ranting about lesbians or something is why he thinks he's out of his mind. <laughs> um, that was a Warrior thing to do. Yeah, it was, yeah. Um, he, they're Right away, the crowd's chanting, Warrior sucks. Yeah, and eight minutes into the match, too, they were boring chants. Boring! Mm-hmm. For the match, yeah. eight and a half years in the making that apparently everybody wanted to see. Yeah, and I was like, that had to kill Warrior. He gets, oh, he, dude. He, he does this big comeback match. He gets to the ring. They chant, Warrior sucks. He gets on the second rope to fire the crowd up, and they boom harder. And I was like, this is the guy who wouldn't turn heel at SummerSlam 92. Yes. You know, like, this is yes. a guy who always wanted to be a babyface forever, and he comes back to this shit. Well, and that's the thing, too, is to your point, like, there was a huge difference in wrestling between what it was in 1992 mm-hmm. To where things were at in 1998, the landscape had changed a lot in those six years. And this shit didn't work. At all, dude. You're absolutely right. There was no place for Ultimate Warrior's character Mm -hmm. in 1998. There really wasn't. I mean, even guys like the Patriot, who were like the All-American, like even he was getting booed and didn't really get over on the main roster, right? So fans didn't want to see that shit anymore. Yeah, like the other night we were watching, um, that would have been October 98. Yeah. And the um, LOD 2000 were on there. Yes. And nobody even gave a shit about them. It was no, just kind dude. of like that gimmick had kind of run its course and it just did not fit in. Yes. This was now the age, the landscape had shifted. This was now the age of your tweeners and your badasses that people just wanted to cheer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? This guy, and, he comes out looking like a fool. Exactly. Yeah. He's got his face painted up. Who cares? Like people wanted to cheer Hogan because he was a badass. Yeah. He was yeah. A, a, I wouldn't call Hogan a tweener, but he was like your badass heel. Warrior was still living like it was 1989. And there was just, in my mind, there was just no place for that in 1998. His character was completely outdated by then. Totally. Um, They mentioned many, many times throughout the show that this was a rematch from their 1990 match. They never once once mentioned that it was for the world title. Nope. Which was kind of interesting. I get you're not going to say WWE. Or WrestleMania. Or WrestleMania or any of that, but they never even mentioned that it was a title match. They just allude to this like mysterious match. It was kind of weird. I don't think they even... They might have said it was in Toronto. Uh, maybe they I think they did. That. Yeah. I okay. think they did point that out. Yeah. Um, so we get in the match. Warriors in the corner taking kicks, like where he's kind of partway down. And he's doing hip thrusts like, like he's doing jazzercise into the kicks. <laughs> was, not being just, able to even sell, dude. Like Right. <laughs> And then um, I did not realize that this match, like their first one, had a blowjob spot. Oh, yes, it did. Yeah. Yes, it did. Yeah, they went straight into that early on, just like their first match. Like, they yeah, were the like, test of strength that from a certain angle will look like. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like that went so well in Toronto. Let's do that spot again. Yeah. Um, Bischoff might have requested that. Hey, Warrior, <laughs> look like you're filleting Hogan. He likes it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I guess nobody got a good picture of it because I, you know, the, yeah, the original one. Yeah, you see it all over the place. You see gifts of it, but I've never ever seen this. So I guess nobody, you know, uh, after must not have been there to take a good picture of it. <laughs> right. And it went on for it went on for a long time too. Well, it did. Like, it did. I couldn't last that long. <laughs> not with Warrior down there. Yeah. Um, they do a crisscross. Hogan hits an awesome scoop slam. Perfect scoop slam. A crisscross. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Crisscross. No. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Well, I know. I know. Heavyweights. In this big return match, decided to do a fucking crisscross. No, you're right. It doesn't make any sense. Nobody should do a drop down. When you're 300 pounds, you shouldn't do a drop down. You shouldn't be trying to avoid contact. Right. Exactly. I was someone. like, if one yeah. of these motherfuckers does a leapfrog, I'm fucking turning this shit off. I don't think either of them could pull that off. You're right. 
You're right. um, but then Warrior hits a slam, and I was like, whoa, he learned a move since WrestleMania 4. <laughs> <laughs> um, now he has three. And unlike watching Brett work heel, it was not particularly interesting to watch Hogan work heel because Hogan always worked heel. He really did. Like, he re- wrestled the same way in his match as he did in their first match. Yes, he did. He had the same dirty shit. Yep. Um, we get a ref bump, and Hogan hits a knee drop on him. And I was like, hmm, I feel like I've seen that in a match before. Ten minutes ago. Yes. Same spot, almost. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, dude. There was a lot of repetition in this, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's dancing through the whole show. Fucking uh, ref bumps, hitting the refs. And... um. I'm watching it, and I'm like, dude, there's 25 more minutes in this match. Because I still don't know that there's another match. <laughs> yes, there's still, like, the main event. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giant comes out to the ring. Yeah. Accidentally hits calls, Hogan with a big Calls the boot. troops, yep. Yep. Yeah. And then, yeah, the NWO jobbers come out, like, fucking um, Virgil Stevie and Ray. shit. Stevie Ray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah Warrior, Warrior fights them off. Yeah, and then Hogan starts whipping Warrior with his weight belt, starts choking him out. I'm like, wait a second. Is this a no-DQ match? Yeah. Is it? Well, the, I, is, I didn't know. I didn't know if it was no DQ. I never heard that. It, well, was that before or after the ref got back up? Uh, I think the ref was, it was back up. after because I think he kept pointing it out, What, especially after uh, Warrior takes the belt and starts doing the same shit. That's right. Because um, I had in my notes, when the ref got back up, one of the commentators, I, th- I think it was Shivani, said, so the ref is back up and we are back to status quo in the match. And then that made me think, then what was the fucking point of all that? Yes. You know, we go through all this shit, and now we're back where we started. Well, and then we get some wonderful barrel rolls by the Ultimate Warrior, trying to your, roll out of the way of the, the weight belt. Your favorite. I loved it. You loved it. Was it was great. He was like, <laughs> now, hey, this first series of barrel rolls worked so well. I'm going to roll the other way now across the ring to escape the weight belt. That was when you, were, you talked about that uh, during the uh, demolition thing. Not the demolition thing. Um, the the one man gang match at four. Yes, and you Macho man get out of the way. Yeah, and that's where we decided to do this match was because you were so happy about these barrel rolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> in this return match, eight and a half years in the making, that apparently everyone's been waiting for. We've gotten a crisscross, and we've gotten barrel rolls, and, and two scoop slams, and two scoop slams, and the uh, test of strength blowjob spot. <laughs> I mean, this has been a yeah. barn burner, folks. Right, right. And the referee is just kind of admonishing Hogan for using the belt. Like, he should be DQing him. That's a DQ. And I, was, yeah, and I was like, what a terrible ref. Like, he deserved that fucking knee drop. He really did. Warrior should have given one of them, too. Like, fuck it. Yeah. Um, and then I think Hogan hits another body slam, and I'm like, there's been one move in this whole match. Yep. And then we go into the fireball, and I'll let you uh, take that part. Uh, this is why flash paper needs to be rehearsed many, many times before actually doing it live. Because mm-hmm. it can go sideways real quick, and you don't want it to happen during the main show. This is one of those cases where it happened yeah. during the main show. Hogan royally fucked up the flash paper. It was like he couldn't get the thing to light or something. <laughs> so the point was he's got flash paper, and he's going to make it look like he's throwing a fireball at the Ultimate Warrior. But instead, because the shit didn't light right, he grabs it and goes to throw it. Basically throws it in his own face. <laughs> Warrior, like he's shooing away a fly or something, and then sells it. He sells it like he's been, like, like he got hit with a fireball from, like, uh, like Ryu. <laughs> Ryu, <laughs> a fireball out of a, or a Hadouken. Like, what the fuck, dude? Like, but Hogan's the one he's, like, basically burned off his eyebrows. Wait, if it was uh, fire, that would have been Dalsim. 
But that's besides the point. Good point. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. All right. Good point. At this point, I notice Hogan is busted open. I don't know yeah. if the fire like burned through his flesh and caused him to bleed, but uh, Hogan's busted open now. Uh, hits a leg drop, misses another, mm-hmm. and now Horace and Bischoff come to ringside as Ultimate Warrior pumps up. Yeah. Which we knew they were leading to this because they've mentioned Horace more on the show than they've mentioned the Ultimate Warrior. Maybe more than they've mentioned Hogan. Pro- uh, probably, dude. Yes. Yeah. They were not being subtle about it at all. Right. Um, so Bischoff gets in there and st- strangles the referee. Yes. Right? This referee's having a hard, hard night. He really is. And then Horace hits Warrior with a chair. Surprise, surprise. Which, who saw that coming? Who saw that coming? So now we've had two swerves in the same night. That they completely shined a huge light on. Like, hey guys, <laughs> guess what? Yeah, right. <laughs> Way to be subtle. Yeah, and I was like, why is he even bothering to choke the referee? He doesn't DQ anyone anyway. Right, right. Apparently yeah. this was a no DQ match. They just never announced it. Yeah, and then Hogan, did Hogan hit a leg drop for the win or he just pinned him after the chair? No, he hit him with the chair, pinned him. That was game. Okay, yeah, and oh my God, this was bad. I, I know what your least favorite part of the match was. Uh, What? It was the part where uh, Hogan The part where Warrior stopped. showed up? It was, it was the part where Hogan stopped Horace from lighting the Ultimate Warrior on fire. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Because at the end, right. he pours gasoline all over him, and he's going to get the lighter, but Hogan stops him. I'm like, I bet Eddie hated that part. I did hate that part because Hogan shouldn't have stopped that. Warrior should have somehow gotten out of the way or something, you know, like something like that. Yeah. No, no but this pretend- was when, like, third-party people were jumping in. No, don't, like, stopping them and getting them out of the ring to not do it. Yeah, that's the best part is nobody came to save Warrior. <laughs> oh, no, wait, the cops, nobody the, fucking liked him. Yeah, but the cops should have been there. <laughs> yes, because the murder was about to take place. Right, Here's right. Here's the thing. Yeah. Cops were there for Goldberg, but no, they, yeah. they weren't, <laughs> hired, they weren't hired to save, you know, an actual crime about to be taking place. <laughs> well, you know what? If they were going to light anyone else on fire, probably someone would have helped. That's how much of an asshole Warrior was. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they could accept that murder happening on their show. <laughs> Like, fuck it. Oh, Let fuck him, him do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That would have been or the maybe, best part of the match. Or maybe that match hadn't been so bad. Complete trash, dude. Yeah, right. You, you know, I had, an idea, I had an idea um, on the list of episode ideas. I have the worst match ever. Um, oh. And I don't... I would not put this as the worst match ever. I already know which one mine would be. But um, this would definitely be a contender for it. Oh, for sure, dude. If, like, if you yeah. did like a top five. Yeah. Or a Mount Rushmore of shitty matches. Yeah, this I might be this, up there. Yeah, this would be in contention. Absolutely. Episode for sure. idea. Huh. Yes. Yeah, it's already on my list. We'll, we'll probably do it at some point. Um, okay. And that's that. Let's, let's I, get through this last match. I already, I already did the intro for it. You know what it is. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Um, and uh, DDP comes out and there's like 10 minutes left of the match, of the show. And I'm like, they gave DDP and Goldberg 10 minutes, but Disco got two matches. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> well, look, Goldberg, though, at this time, was not doing long-form matches. This right. more fit what he could do in the ring. They played to his strength. Yeah, That's yeah. why it got 10 minutes. Had very little to do with DDP and way more to do with Goldberg. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, Goldberg takes over quick, starts whipping his ass. Um, he ends up doing it. He did a backflip for some reason. Um, and you know, I, we give Goldberg a lot of shit. Like, I don't think mm-hmm. if Ryback wasn't the guy that we roasted, it probably would have been Goldberg, right? Right. We give him a lot of shit, but I'll tell you what, this being the world title match, it had a big match feel. 
And it did. And I really think this is one of Goldberg's better matches. Like, I'm not a Goldberg fan by any stretch. Not only did this have a big match feel, but I think Goldberg really leaned into that. Yeah. So did DDP, and they made this one of Goldberg's better matches. I actually I, did enjoy this match. Me too, and I had in my notes that this is the best Goldberg match I've seen. Um, probably besides, I really liked his match with Lashley at SummerSlam. So this is probably my favorite match. And that one I just love because he was getting destroyed so badly. He was, was getting killed, yeah. It was just funny, you know? Oh, that was a Lashley match. Come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it was just like, it was kind of a rough night, too. We're sitting in the stadium. We can't buy food. We can't buy beer, you yeah. know? So at least I got to laugh at Goldberg. Well, and one of the things that they say about Paul Heyman is he was so successful with ECW because he kind of played into the roster's strengths, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what they could do best. And yes. I think WCW really did that here. It's only a 10-minute match. But they let Goldberg be Goldberg, and DDP was so good in the ring that he made Goldberg look like a million bucks, but he still managed to look like a strong contender himself. Yeah, 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 so totally. So WCW did a good job of booking this match, in my opinion. Right, yeah, and he seemed like he, he they made him look like he knew what he was doing. Like, there was a part where uh, Paige had him on a face uh, front face lock. Yeah. Goldberg hits like a shake, rattle, and roll type thing. Yes. Um, He threw him kind of clumsily, but still, you know, it was kind of like he knows how to get out of a move. Yeah. Um. He hits a spear out of nowhere, but he can't uh, make a pin because his shoulders hurt because he had he had speared the post he previously. Yeah. Um, also, because he's probably dumb. Um, <laughs> um, he goes for a jackhammer and um, DDP reverses it because Goldberg's shoulder is fucked, and he hits a cutter, which was that was a really cool spot. That was badass, and that was one of the fun parts. I know you didn't watch a lot of WCW, Eddie, but that was one of the fun parts of WCW during DDP's big run is he mm-hmm. would be able to hit that diamond cutter out of nowhere, which right. is where Randy Orton now has the RKO out of nowhere. DDP was doing that in the late 90s. Yeah, that's why it's such a good move. Oh, it's fantastic, yes. Yeah. Um, and then um, he uh, he goes for a suplex. Goldberg reverses it into a jackhammer. So it's kind of the same thing. Like, he reversed the jackhammer, then he then, then Goldberg reverses the suplex into a jackhammer. Yes. Pins him, one, two, three. And yeah, I... I totally agree with you. I thought it was a really well-booked match. I thought the shoulder injury actually really... There were times where you felt... I didn't know if DDP was going to win. I knew DDP was champion at some point. And after it was over, I was like, oh, wait, didn't... Was it Hogan that beat Goldberg for the title? Uh, It was... In the stadium? Was that the stadium show? Uh, No, Nash did. Nash, okay. Oh, wait, okay. I know this... When Goldberg won the belt, he beat Hogan at Atlanta Stadium. That's what I'm thinking of. Okay. Yes, and then I believe Nash is the one that beat Goldberg for the title eventually. Okay. It was but going an into this thing, but that's I knew that DDP was champion at some point, but I didn't really know when. So watching the match, I wasn't sure who was going to win. When Goldberg fucked his shoulder up, I was like, "Oh, that's a way for Goldberg to lose." You yes. Know? Yes. So it was like, I mean, it was a good enough match that I was convinced that DDP could possibly win it, and it was booked in such a way to make me think that. So I thought it was a really well booked match. I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, which I usually never say about Goldberg. Right, but I think it's one of his better matches, and I love the intensity that DDP brought. Like, mm-hmm. he really looked like he was into it. He had that intense look on his face when the match started, and of course Goldberg brought the usual Goldberg character, but really well-booked match. Short, but effective. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, so just sort of my final thoughts. Um, it was a weird show. Whoever put Disco on the show twice had to either be drunk or... Or, or Disco Inferno. Or Disco Inferno. <laughs> um, I, didn't, I didn't love all the Steiner stuff, but that's just me. Um, I thought Gold, Goldberg match might have been my favorite. Um, it was the worst I've ever heard Heenan. 
Now, you know how Heenan didn't love WCW. Do you think he was told to turn it down, or do you think he was just phoning it in because he didn't want to be there anyway? I think he was phoning it in. Yeah, because he was, I mean, he was fine, but he, he was wasn't not anything. Himself. Yeah, he was he commentating. Wasn't he was just, yeah, he didn't have like the witty, you know, remarks. Not, you know, I mean, very little of it anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's like, he was winding down a little bit. It's maybe. like Shivani was the main guy. It felt like he wasn't necessarily playing opposite Mike Tanay. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know how much longer Heenan was in WCW after this. Because remember, at some point, he got replaced with like Mark Madden or something. Mark Madden, yeah. Who I yeah. hated. Yeah. So I, I don't remember Mark how Madden. much longer Heenan was there. Yeah. I don't think it was very long. Yeah. He might have been like, fuck this. Yeah. Um, and then everyone remembers the show for the botched fireball. And that got me thinking, I think Hogan did that on purpose so everyone would talk about him instead of Goldberg. <laughs> you know what, dude, with Hogan, nothing would fucking surprise me. Right. Hogan wanted to be the star of the match of the show so badly that he lit his face on fire. <laughs> oh, man. That's He's my story and I'm sticking to it. Only <laughs> yeah, <he> Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't lying. <laughs> and that's that, all I have. That takes... That takes care of 1998's Halloween Havoc, presented by Snickers. What did you think of this episode? And what did you think of this pay-per-view? Did you like the set more than 1991's Halloween Havoc? <laughs> Please uh, let us know. Yes. <laughs> well, that's the short answer, which is actually true. Uh if you liked uh, the show, please like, subscribe, share, rate, and review. Do all the things so that we keep this drunken wrestling adventure afloat. Uh, with Scott and with Eddie, I'm Adam reminding you to enjoy buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching, and we will see you next time for another great episode of Drunk Wrestling History. He's Got it? Cool. Got it. We'll see you all later. One, two, three. Ring it. Dive. Vegas, baby. I keep.